Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. Time for the Notable Peeps podcast. Welcome, guys. My name's Steph. And don't you just love Saturdays, especially in the summer? There's just something so wonderful about it. And today is July 1st, and it's Canada Day. To all my fellow Canadians out there, happy Canada Day. And before I introduce our, our guest today, I just want to give a shout out to Tara. Tara listens to the Noble Peeps on her Monday morning run. So Tara, thanks for listening to this podcast as your audio of choice while you're running and run hard, girl. You got this. So wanted to give her a shout out. And also, seriously, I still love all the comments. Like my favorite thing is when someone's like, oh, I just listened to this episode and this is what I took from it. And it just gets me so excited. And I often share with the people that I interviewed different people's comments. So please keep sharing them with me because it just makes my day. The, 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 I'm tongue tied. Um, our guest today is Mina. And I, I can't pronounce Mina's last name. I didn't ever ask her it during the interview and I just looked it up on Facebook and it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to butcher that. So I'm not even going to try. But Mina is my first guest that I didn't know. I had only recorded, I recorded an episode with Jill and Miranda helped me record my intro episode that was played very first. And then Miranda and I also did another episode about my, experience with Mr. Sweet Talker and getting a bunch of debt. And I'm still working up the nerve to submit that because it's super vulnerable. So so anyways, I had I had done three podcast episodes and they were all of people I knew and two of them were talking about my story. So not even real. So before Mina's interview, I was so nervous. I was like, this girl is going to know I'm a fraud. And back up just a little bit. I've been reading her her blog for a couple of years. My friend Ganat had forwarded it on to me a couple of years ago and I loved it because Mina has a way of writing that you just feel like she's speaking to you. You know, like she's just so honest, so vulnerable. And, and so I loved her blog and, but I was so nervous when that interview came. I remember just being like, oh, I, I don't know if I'll ask the right questions. Like within minutes of meeting Mina, like I just felt like we were old friends and, and actually we are friends now. And me, her and, and Miranda have hung out a few times and we've had some of the best heart to hearts. And so that's been one of the blessings of this podcast are some of the friendships that I make and that actually turn into like real life good friends. And so Mina's story is a, it, it starts with her figuring out her faith. She grew up in the LDS religion, but she had a time where she had to figure out if, if God was real, if God loved her. And then she also talks about she went and spent a year of her life in, in Thailand boxing. And she's this tiny little thing and she's out there, there boxing. And so the whole premise of this is finding faith in and out of the boxing ring and, and really her experience of, of finding her, her self-love and, and everything. And, you know, 
this is an episode that's a little bit different because she talks a lot about God and about faith. And that's sometimes scary to put out there what you believe. But I also love it because it's so relatable too. So anyways, uh, I fast forward through all the introduction stuff with Mina. So I'm just going to start this episode of her. It's starting at the point of her talking about some of her defining moments in life. But I hope you guys love Mina's episode and thanks so much for pushing play. And here she is. One section of your your blog is really about defining moments. And so so maybe do you want to share a little bit about your story and some of these defining moments? Yeah, you know, it kind of goes back to, I always kind of go back to um, when I was in, for me, I think it started college. I mean, I had a great high school experience, you know, growing up. You know what? I'll just start for a little more background. <laughs> I'm half Thai, half Korean. My dad is Thai. My mom is Korean. And I uh, was born in Sacramento, California. When I was about four years old, I moved to Thailand and lived there for six years, where I went to an international school, you know, had friends from all over the world from a really young age. So I, I gained a lot of really great exposure. Um, just to diversity. And then I moved back to California um, and lived there from 10 to to 18 years old, which was an interesting experience in itself because at that point I was the one of the only Asian girls for a while I was the only Asian girl at my elementary school and that was the first time I realized oh you might be kind of different and I was Mormon too and you know I I started learning these things about myself but at a young age you don't you don't really know how to navigate through that yet and so that's kind of just a little background on where I was at you know when I was younger can I pause really quick I love so in one of your blog posts you talk about this and you're like so I came here and I'm like, oh, I'm Asian, I guess. And you're like, I lived in Asia, but I don't know how to be Asian. Yeah, <laughs> so like totally. It was just like a weird right. concept. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird because, again, I went to an international school where I have friends from all over the world. I had a friend from Africa. I had a friend from New Zealand. I had a friend, you know, from China. We we just learned to embrace diversity. And, and that's just, that's what was normal. There was no one kind of way to be your look. And then I came came back I came to America you know in California this place in the suburbs and suddenly you know kids are like oh Thailand do they fly cars over there and you know I'm thinking I was like I was just across the world not on Mars I'm yeah. not an alien you know and you start liking boys and 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 then you see that boys are liking these girls but at this young age I start seeing no other girl looks like me these boys they like girls that look this way that have blonde hair or blue eyes or pretty tan skin and and I think that's not me that's not what I look like and you know as a as a little girl you kind of you start to you take it personally that was that was a hard time just trying to understand who I was and that to all these people, I was different in a way, but inside I didn't feel different. It would get brought up when, oh, your parents, they kind of talk with funny accents. And I think, oh, I didn't even know they had accents. That's yeah. just how my parents talk. <laughs> and then they they start to like make fun of them a little bit, or they laugh at the accent. And I think, but my parents are so smart, and why are you laughing? I look back on those events growing up and think, oh my goodness, those really did affect me, and those really have played a role in in the way I've perceived the world or perceived myself or I've struggled to accept myself in certain ways. No, totally. And, and in your writing, you were talking about how 
because of these experiences, it made you crave social acceptance. Yeah. And do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I think I think there's just something ingrained in us as human beings where we just we want to feel loved. We want to feel accepted. And at, again, at this young age where all of a sudden I'm finding that the one I felt like I had no control over the way I looked. I cannot change the fact that I am Asian. I cannot change the fact that I have black hair or that my eyes and are And why would more. you? You're gorgeous. You don't want yeah, I know. But it, I couldn't. All I could see is everything I wasn't. And so I had to take... I guess I had to hold fast to the things I could control. I had to, you know, my personality and, and you know, and, and I'm a nice person. So, yeah, I think people did gravitate towards me. And I think I just held on to that, those things that I could d- use to define success, the things that I could use to measure acceptance among my peers. So whether that's, you know, getting involved in school or leadership roles or, or whatever you getting good grades you know we do these things to measure success in some way so that we feel accepted by our peers that we feel like we are worth that we're worth something no and I the thing that I think is so listening to you you know it's like you are a woman of faith and you can tell that that you love God but but my favorite thing about you is that you have this moment where you're like okay God, I'm going to see if this is real. I and you're you were scared. You're like, I don't want to lose these these friends. I don't want to yeah. like you said be viewed as a, a goody two shoes, but you're like, I I want this to This is who I am. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, once I got to college, I fell away from the church. Oh, it was just a downward spiral and I I got to a point where I was just in such a hole. I felt like in in that post, I say, I felt like I was dropped into the middle of the ocean and I just didn't know where to swim and I didn't have a life vest. I was just, I was literally drowning in myself in this world that um, I had I've created. And yeah, I was so desperate. And one day I was taking a shower and, and suddenly this story of Abraham and Isaac came to me. And I was at that point, I just, I was so desperate. I didn't know if... I didn't know if God was real. God was always like this idea. You know, even when I was going to church growing up, we learn about God and yeah, he just sounds like a great idea. This guy in the clouds and yeah, God loves me. Whoop-dee-doo. I I didn't get it. But at that point, I was so desperate that I, being Mormon, well, I had stopped going to church, but I think I still had this guilt hanging over my head because it was so much a part of me growing up that at that point, I just wanted to know if if the church was true so that either I could walk away and never have to look back, but if it was, and if God was real, then maybe there was hope. Maybe he could help me get out of this mess that I I just, I was so lost in. And and so that, that day that, that I received that inspiration, that story of Abraham and Isaac, it, it, it came to me, and as I was reflecting on it, this just idea of sacrifice, it, it hit me, and I realized that if I wanted to know if it was true, I had to be willing to make sacrifices. I couldn't have it all. I had to live. I had to live the the commandments. I had to live these true these principles that at that time were proclaimed to be true. I had to test them. I had to figure out if they were true. I had to figure it out. But what that meant was that I had to make changes in my lifestyle. And it meant that I had to be willing to lose. 
I, I thought that it meant that I might lose the relationship that I was in, that, that the guy that I loved and pretty much my world, it, it, my whole entire world evolved around him. I had to be willing to accept that he might not like me anymore or he might not want to be with me because of who I'm, of the principles I'm going to be living. I'm going to have to keep the law of chastity. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to be the, try to strive to be some kind of virtuous woman and, (laughs) and, you know, find different ways of having fun and go to church on Sunday when that's usually the time that we would hang out and it, keep the Sabbath day holy. You know, these, these little things, they became really big sacrifices in my mind because at that point I thought, oh my gosh, I might lose the only world I know. And I don't even know if I'm going to get anything in return. So for me, that was the scariest thing I had to do. And, and yeah, I was afraid of being a goody two shoes and suddenly being labeled as something that was unacceptable to this other world I was living in. As you were talking, I just was like, this is the Mina that I just, I love. I love, you have a way of just putting things into words, your feelings into words. It's like, and it's so real. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily the rest of the story, but what happened with this guy? What happened with the world? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, that is a story. I mean, you don't have to tell details, but like, did he, did he end up not wanting to date you because of it you know for a while um that that is a whole story in itself and we don't have to go down yeah we we won't go all down that road but it was I you know it turns out he he did stay in my life and the relationship that we had um it did get better in certain ways it allowed us to be able to to spend time together in more wholesome ways and to be able to see each other beyond just, you know, a worldly view, just beyond a body or beyond intimacy. Um, So I I do feel that it did strengthen our relationship in many ways. It gave me clarity also and and confidence that I didn't have before. And to be able to bring that to a relationship, I mean, that changes everything. I was, the dynamics, the whole entire dynamics of our relationship changed. But eventually um because of how i was choosing to live my life it didn't work out yeah um that's just to put it in a very very small nutshell it didn't work out and i used to believe for a while i believed that god promised me success there was a point where i was ready to walk away from that relationship and i remember praying and I wrote all my feelings down in my journal and I remember just saying, I feel so depressed. I just feel like his life and mine are going in separate directions and I just, I just, I was so afflicted. I was so depressed. Just, I couldn't, I just couldn't see where this was going to go and there was a point where I thought, okay, is it time for me to, to leave this behind? Like, shall I walk away from this? And so I wrote all my feelings down in my journal. I prayed and then I had this feeling that I should read the Book of Mormon. Which at that point, I'd only been reading the Book of Mormon for just a little bit, so I didn't really know how scriptures could speak to me, and I thought, this is so stupid. How can the scriptures speak to my love life? But that impression was there, so I opened the Book of Mormon, and it's right to where I left off, and I, I read this scripture. It's in Alma twenty six twenty seven, and it says, And when their hearts were depressed, and they were about to turn back, the Lord said, Go amongst thy brethren, the Lamanites, bear with patience thine afflictions, and I will give unto you success. And so it spoke to me and I just thought, okay, this is God telling me to hold on a little longer. Like this is him telling me, you know, keep going. It's going to be a little hard, but I'll give you success. 
And for me at that point, I thought, this is it. We are going to be together. My success will be us being together. And a couple more years, a couple years pass and hard things, some really hard things happen and um, really heart-wrenching stuff. And we're not together. And again, I had another distinct impression. This was when I was on my mission, a month before I was about to come home from my mission. And I remember asking God, all right, God, are you going to keep your promise? Are we going to be together? And it was one of the most humbling experiences I've, I've had until that point. And I felt like it was years of 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 affliction and just and enduring faith leading up to this moment where God tells me I didn't pro- I promised you success I didn't promise that you'd be together and that was the first time I realized that my idea of success and God's are two very different things and that's been again so much a part of this life journey is learning how to let go of these views of this world these ideas of what I have believed success is and having faith that the things that are of worth to God and of value to Him are so much greater um, than anything that I could have imagined. But that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, and I, I love this story because um, I think that so many times we're like, okay, God, like I'm doing everything that I feel like I should be. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm like trying to do all these things. Like, where's the like success? Or like, why didn't it happen with this person? I yeah. totally felt good about it. And and just that humbling moment where like you you heard like, you know what? I promised you like success, not that it would, it would work out. And I think that can be applied to any aspect of life, whether yeah. it's like your, your career or dating or, you know, like finances. There, there's so many areas that that can really be applied to. Totally. I, I think we all have, we all have, a, we're on this personal journey in life and we all have a personal relationship with the Lord and we all have different things that mean all of us have different things that hold value to us. We can't compare ourselves to another. And so it, it that that idea of just being open to whatever it is that God sees fit for us individually, it, it varies from one person to another, but I think we can all we can all learn from that principle. It's it's a very humbling one to learn from. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, so you have a fascinating life story, and I know we're just like sort of jumping around, but I want to hear about like this girl like moved to Thailand, and you're a boxer. Like I look at you, you're like this tiny petite frame, and as I've like stalked your blog, I feel like I know everything about this girl because I've like reread all these posts and everything. But like you're so tiny, and you're up there in this boxing ring. Like that first video of your first fight, I'm like you were oh, like. But you're just boxing, and I love the the story that you talked about with your coach and how he talked about boxing and and just everything. So, how did you get into boxing? What took you to Thailand? Like, let's hear all the deep. Yeah. So after I got back from my mission, it goes back to this. I, you know, when I came back from my mission, I was in this missionary mode where like I've got to, I've got to be the perfect missionary or return missionary, and I tried to help everyone in my path. I tried to, I was trying to work. I was trying to serve. I was trying to just essentially be perfect. And, and it just didn't work. (laughs) About six months in, I hit this point where I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was exhausted emotionally, mentally, physically, just in every way. And, and it really occurred to me that I didn't know who I was. 
one of the questions, you know, when you get to know people, I hate, I used to hate this question. You're getting to know people in a group and they go, what are your hobbies? And I always hated that question because I never knew what my hobbies were. The only thing I ever knew how to say was, I like to help people. But I really, and I, and I used to think, oh, well, that's a noble thing, you know, like how great, like you just love to help people. You're I so love, You're on a date. And he's like, what do you do? I love to help people. I'm so, I'm so good. I love to help people. No, but I think that is a hard question. Yeah. yeah. But I would see all these other people like, I love long walks on the beach and blah, blah, blah. And I think, oh, that's great. Like I could say that, but I'm totally lying yeah. right now. Um, so that was one of those moments. It was a very, it was a defining moment for me because I, I realized I have no idea who I am. And I think that there were a lot of things that happened into my life leading up to that. Again, I, I didn't even know what I like to do for fun. And I thought that is so sad. I, I know I, at this point, at least I had my faith. So I knew that I had that to guide me through this, but just as far as like who I am, what my strengths were, what I had to like offer really, I didn't know. And so I had to just go off of a hunch. One of the first things that I felt like I, I, I always wanted to do was to box when I was younger. It was just in my head. I never talked about it though, but I always just envisioned this this fighter in me. I always envisioned it. Did you watch me. a lot of Rocky? Is that no? I didn't even. I didn't watch Rocky just till like a couple years ago, and I love Rocky. I never did, and that's the funny thing. My parents never exposed me to it. I was exposed to the piano and things like that. Classic not stuff. yeah, not boxing, but it was in me. It was always in my head, and I I kind of let go of um, you know being f- of fitness and so I just thought okay this is this is something I want to do so I just went off a hunch honestly it was just a curiosity that I had so I googled a gym and (laughs) and I found this one in Salt Lake and and I remember I I drove I drove there and I just like sat in the parking lot for maybe like 20 minutes I was so scared to even walk in that gym so I had to like say a little prayer and Mm -hmm. oh god help me Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I walked in there and then I guess the rest is history I just started boxing I I mean I never imagined it would become anything more than just me coming to the gym a couple times a week to learn a skill but it, it evolved into something so much more so your first fight, you know, were you scared to like go in the boxing ring with yeah. this? Yeah. So here's the thing too, is that I started off boxing, which is just hands. You're just using your hands. When I went to Thailand, so a year later, I, I moved to Thailand and I learned Muay Thai, which is different. It's more, it's kickboxing. So this time I'm using the lower half of my body with the upper half of my body so I had to learn how to coordinate might use like full body coordination um and I had only been practicing Muay Thai for two months before I had my first fight but at that point I just felt ready I I guess I was just ready to go for it and challenge myself I don't know I mean it was I was I fought on an island so (laughs) so I'm living already on like Phuket Island this main island in Thailand we had to take a boat ride it was maybe like four or five hour boat ride to get to this other little small island where we were and that's where I had my first fight the girl I fought was not the girl on the poster she mm-hmm. was actually smaller than me and I write about this on my blog she ended up actually being 15 years old and yeah oh. yeah when I saw her and I thought no 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 like this is not <laughs> happening this is not You're what like, I said. I'm a buddy not a bully yeah, I, <laughs> yeah and I thought I'm 26 at the time I was 27 no I was 27 years old and like, no, no no I can't do this and I told my trainers I was like I can't she's I can't fight her 
And they laughed at me. And they were like, Mina, you don't know Thai people. She's been training her whole life. And they they told me, she's she'll kill you. They're like, if you go easy on her, she will kill you. And I thought, are you kidding me? I'm like, she will not kill me. And so... I was, I was, I didn't know what to do at first. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm in a moral dilemma right now. What do I do? Um, I went to my room and I actually like, just prayed about it. I'm like, God, please help me. Like, give me clarity. I don't know what to do. Um, I, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if God was like, okay, Mina, go forward with mm-hmm. it. But I felt okay. I just felt like, okay, you know what? I'm here. These guys say that this girl can kill me. I'm, okay, maybe some, there is something fair about this fight. So at that point, when you kind of go into this, you're like, not a trick kind of like a trance almost this surreal moment where you think I'm about to fight somebody Mm -hmm. and I have I'm in this little I'm in a village in Thailand and I'm about to fight some girl and all these people are gonna watch me and they're like sizing me up and feeling my arms and deciding if they want to bet on me I mean oh really (laughs) there's money on you that's That's pressure that's just how that's just the culture out there that's how things work but yeah I, I couldn't even think about that but once I got in that ring I mean boy, did that girl ever teach me a lesson on humility. And that's one of the things that I wrote about is that I remember going into that fight thinking, all right, I'm going to do this girl a service. I'm just going to knock her out and then, and I'm going to end it quick. And that'll be that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get in there and this girl, she is just full on coming at me five rounds, five rounds. I could not, I was not even close to knocking her out. I mean, not even close. I tried with all my might, but she had fire in her. Unlike any fire that I'd, I'd seen in any of my opponents afterwards. She was, she was the toughest. She was younger than me. She was small, but she was the toughest opponent that I ever had. And I think that was the first time I realized you just can't judge. You, you cannot judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And when you go into a fight or if you, you, you just have to give it your all. You can't underestimate anybody. She was out to, she was out for blood. <laughs> I mean, she was doing what she had to do, essentially. She was giving it her all. So the only thing that I could do was give it my all, too. And and it was fair. It was very, very fair. Okay, so a question, like, while you were out there, was this still a hobby? Or was this what you were doing while you were there? It It became the thing that I was doing. When I, the first time I went to Thailand, so initially what got me to Thailand one day, the owner of my gym mike he 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 says he's going to thailand and he just brings up and he asks do you want to come and i thought it was the first time where i thought there's nothing holding me back so i go i only plan to be there for a month and a half i was just going to go to a training camp and it was dedicated to learning the art of muay thai and training and being physically fit um but halfway through when i was there i just had this strong impression that i needed to come back and and after praying and and getting this amazing confirmation i i quit my job and told my parents i was moving to thailand and the landlord <laughs> wait, wait, wait. so what did your parents say when you're like i'm gonna move to thailand and i'm doing this movie thai like <laughs> i think i've given my parents a lot of stress i mean in the in the past two years and at that point already i'd already given my parents a lot of stress about i wasn't i stopped applying to grad school because i had felt that that was something i needed to do uh-huh. to stop applying and now one day i tell them the first time I told them I was just going to Thailand for a month and a half, I think that was the biggest. That was really hard for them. Just, wait, you're going to Thailand for a month and they're a half? They're like, you millennial, just quitting your yeah. job and going. My mom's like, what are you running from? Like, what's going on? And I just thought, no, I, this is something I feel like I have to do. So then at the point that I told them that I was moving to Thailand, I think they, they're, they're just kind of like, okay, I okay. But they also trusted that I, I really strive to 
to follow the Spirit. I really strive to do what I feel, you know, Heavenly Father, God is leading me to do. And so I think they just, they mean there was nothing that they could do. What what can they do? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, at this point, I'm 27 years old. Like, what can you do? You can't, they can't stop me. Yeah. So they just had to, so they, they, it was hard for them, but they were supportive in the best way that they could be. So you're in Thailand and I guess like what was your big lesson that you took away from being in Thailand? Oh, fighting? I, or is that too hard of a question? So many lessons. You know, I just to, it, I, honestly, I, I don't know how to answer that question in one specific, there's not one specific thing that I can say. I, one thing though, that when I look back on this whole experience, I mean, when I moved to Thailand, I didn't know what what I was going to be doing when I got there, right? I was just going on an impression. I got there and I just had to follow my heart. Okay, like I had a job offered to me, but I had this thought, why would I leave everything behind just to get stuck in a in a way of doing things? You know, just to get yeah. stuck in another way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to lead a life. This, this life is not supposed to be me about just getting stuck in a routine again. And so I just kept fighting. And, and with every fight that I had, with all the training, all of this, was it wasn't about becoming some world champion, though I, I think I wanted to, to be. Oh, I mm-hmm. totally did. You know, <laughs> yeah. I really did. Um, but it was about, it was just about learning about myself and, and using this time and using boxing as a way to... Yeah, learn about myself, get in touch with who I am, overcome a lot of my own demons cuz cuz I have them. I've again, you don't go through things in life without picking up some junk along the way. And I think for a long time I was blind to that junk, and this has been an awakening time for me, a time to see myself as I am, to see the things that I've been hurt from or that I, the burdens that I've carried and to let them go and boxing was a way for me to 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 do that, um, to work through things, to discipline myself, to overcome. And all the while, I got to be in Thailand, where I'm half Thai, and I think it it helped me get in touch with my roots again, and to honestly love a part of who I am. Really, truly, like this goes back to being young. I, and all of a sudden, I used to hate being Asian growing up. And that was that was one of the burdens I carried. I hated the way I looked. I hated my parents for making me Asian, which is so no, sad. <laughs> it's so sad, but that was a burden I carried as a little girl. And I I didn't I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my roots and what and who I really am. You know, I was just so stuck on trying wishing I was something different. Um but going back to Thailand, I feel a part of that that journey just allowed me to love where I come from and to love the culture that is a part of, of who I am, to love my blood and and to just open my eyes again to the beauty of, of what else is out there. I mean, and overall, that is something I, I do believe it gave to me, but I, I know it gave me even so many more things than just that. <laughs> well, the thing that like really drew me to you is just that you really are a person that when you feel like you need to do something or you feel like God's giving you an impression, you act, you know, and that's yeah. not always easy. It's scary but, sometimes yeah. when we have these thoughts and we're like, oh, I can't do that. Like, that's that's not me. What's your advice to go after it? The first thought that comes to my mind when you're saying that is that just accept that it is scary. When you're following your heart, when you are exercising faith in something, when when God asks you to do something, he's testing your faith. 
and part of that test is the fact that it's going to be a scary thing that you're you're just kind of going on a hunch you're trusting you're just trusting this feeling inside your heart and that is a scary thing that there's the only promise that you have is that God supports you, but you don't know what that means or you don't know how that's going to look or how things are going to evolve. But just accepting that, that, that it is a scary thing and moving forward with it anyways. I mean, you, you can only, you can only gain courage and be brave when you do scary things. Oh, that's a great quote. I yeah. love that. Yeah. You can only gain courage and do. When you do scary when things, when you do yeah. scary things, by it, Mina, there's your quote. <laughs> it, it's it's okay to be afraid. Like, don't. I think you have to recognize that fear in you. Fear is like a literal force. It, it stops you from moving, and it can be so overpowering. You you don't even realize what it is in the moment. But if you can recognize that that thing that you're feeling is fear, and then you work through that and push you that, you sit. You feel okay. I feel fear right now. And, and what do we know about fear? We, we fight fa- we fight fear with faith, right? And so what does it mean to have faith? It means to believe, okay, keep praying. For me, I've had to hold fast to my faith. I've had to do those things that strengthen my faith. Praying, um, really and, and, and searching and studying and, and learning how to recognize God in my path so that I can still have the courage to move forward. If you know you're on the right path, if you know that this is the path that, that, that God needs you to be on, then, then find faith in that. Know that, that there's a purpose in that. And if you just continue to move forward little by little, it it will all reveal itself. It will all work together for your good. It, I've only been strengthened and I can only have this faith that I have now because I've done those scary things. And with every little scary step I've taken, I've become a little more brave and a little stronger and a little more courageous to take the next, to face the next scary step. Mina, like seriously, so I'm someone that I love, and I, I've talked about this before in other episodes, but I love like r- jotting down notes from everyday conversation. And like right now, I want to like write a ton, but I, I'm not getting my notebook out because <laughs> the pages would rustle and then I'm not paying attention. But like, but the, seriously, like you, everything that you've said, I'm like, yeah, like you're awesome. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, anyways, my whole point is that ditto i agree with everything so yeah. um well in in closing uh, you are working on writing a book right yeah uh, do you want to tell yes. us a little bit about that yeah so this is another one of those little impressions yeah. that i had is to write this book which is funny because i never i always felt like i would write a book but i didn't think it'd be till i'm 50 when i'm like older and wiser mm-hmm. um but what it is it's it's a compilation of my journal entries from when i got back to my mission to now so about three years worth and it's it literally will just be my journal entries. I've I've written almost every single day, which is super vulnerable <laughs> and scary. Because- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That let me tell you. I think of the scariest things I've done. Moving to another country, fighting. This may be the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever done because it is me. And and you know when you box or when you I get to do these cool things right and people see that people see that as oh that's cool you got to box or you got to go to Thailand you got to live there you know that that's that's cool but it's easy to cover up it's still easy to get lost in that when these with these journal entries I feel like it's just me I never in- I never wrote intending that I would turn it into a book I mean no those journal entries were the one thing that gave me sanity it was the one thing I had to turn to to be the most honest with and and now I'm I'm putting that on the line I'm gonna put it out there for other people but 
as I've been able to work on this and, and compile it, it has just been so amazing to me. I cannot deny the hand of God in my life. And, um, and I think also it's one thing to, it's one thing to tell my story and, and to just kind of put it all in a nutshell. And it sounds so like great and fabulous. And oh my gosh, this girl, she's, she has so much faith. Like she's lived a good life. Um, she's so brave. But when you break it down into journal entries, you know, one day at a time, most of it's made up of, I'm so scared. I'm so terrified. I have no idea what's happening right now. I don't even know if I believe in God today. You know, that's what most of my days have been made up of. And I guess now I get to look back and see I am the product of all those hard days just to be on the path that, that God has for us. It's not easy. And I don't, I think again, once we accept that it's not easy, it actually gets a lot easier to live, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It's a paradox. Yeah. Well, and just what you were saying earlier before we started recording, you were talking about how sometimes we can be like, oh, like I must not have like a strong faith because I'm doubting this or like doubting that, or I must not be normal because everyone looks like they have it all put together. And, and that's why I'm excited for this book of yours to c- come out because it's like those things that we all think, but oftentimes you weren't going to share like with your best friends. Yeah. Right. But like when people are like, how are you? It's like, Oh, fine. You know, you, yeah. like you don't want to air all your dirty laundry. And so, right. So just props to you for, for being vulnerable. So, <laughs> and thank, thank you, you so much for coming today. Like I have loved talking to you so much. And if you guys want to check out Mina's website, it's mynakedheart.org and your Instagram account. What is that again? Um, oh gosh, Mina, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's attached to my website. Actually, I don't, I'm not very good with Instagram to be completely honest. I'm but you have some Facebook. cool fighting pictures yeah. on your videos. Yeah, I'm, I'm better with, I'm better at updating my Facebook, but Instagram, if you want to follow it, you can get onto the website and then it's, it's linked to the website. Okay. So, well, sounds great. And once again, guys, remember to put on your shoes, do your best and believe in the impossible. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Okay, guys, we stopped recording. Amina and I have just been chatting away. Um, but she was telling me about her, her journal entry. And I was like, will you, like, for this book that she's writing? And I was like, will you read me something? Because I'm a <laughs> creeper and just ask for people to read their journal to me. But Amina, will you share that account that? Yeah. So this is my, this is the first journal entry that it was December 31st. I had just gotten back from my mission maybe two weeks before. So, I write, um, and, and at this point, my relationship had ended that I was, that I had thought was going to work out and change my life for the better. And that had <laughs> ended. Nothing was going as I planned when I got back. So I write, I'm heartbroken. All love stories remind me of my ex. His, yeah, your ex. <laughs> um, I watched the movie Up Today and bawled my eyes out. It hurts. I'm not sure what God wants from me. I was just thinking while I was on a mission, I was so sure about life. And now all of a sudden I'm not. Sometimes I just hate this world. I'm overwhelmed being in it. I'm unsure of where life is going to take me in the next two years. I'm terrified. And, and, and so that was my journal entry. And it's just so interesting that I wondered what the next two years would bring. And now look what the next two years have brought. I mean, the next three years have brought just incredible experiences beyond my wildest imagination. I could never have known at that point. I could never have known. I never, never have known that I would, I would start boxing, that 
that I would stop going to grad school, that I would move to Thailand and meet all these people all over the world and, and to write a book. Never, never in a million years. So, well, thanks guys for listening to this. Is like, you know how they have bonus tracks on CDs? Like, those were <laughs> yeah. always my favorite. So, this actually, I'll just put it as a bonus track. Like, I love that. So, <laughs> so, so, peace out, guys. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. Thanks again for pushing play and listening to this episode. If you want more information about today's guest, head over to www.notablepeeps.com.